I'm Emma Davis, amateur biologist. And I'm Clay Davis, amateur at sex. We are the animal sex birds. Join us on our journey to discover the wild, wet, and wonderful world of animal reproduction. Gather around, children. Let me tell you a tale. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the Animal Sexperts, everyone. We have an exciting episode for you. One that I'm very excited to present. And it is on... Get ready for it. Drum roll, please. <laughs> the anglerfish. Okay. What's an anglerfish? It's a fish that angles. Get it? Even Bruce sighed at you just then. <laughs> that's he was that's like, normal. <sighs> so the anglerfish, one, I love fish of all kinds, of all species. Mm-hmm. I've been known to like everything about fish. Mm-hmm. Or so I like to tell people. Mm-hmm. And this particular fish is not just a fish, but it's also an angler. What does that mean? It's a fisherman. Like someone who fishes is an angler. Oh, okay. Yeah. A fish that fishes. It's a fish that fishes. I mean, lots of fish fish, but this one specifically fishes. And the way it got its name is by a bioluminescent bulb that's on, it's part of its pectoral fin that sticks out in front of it. And What's a pectoral fin? The pectoral fin is the fin on the top of the, it's like the spine, like the pokey okay. part. And this has an adaptation it has an adaptation where there's bioluminescent bacteria that are inside of a bulb. It's a bulb looking thing. It's called an esca. And the bacteria live inside of that and they flash like, you know, you've seen bioluminescence in the ocean. Yeah. And so they, they glow. And these fish live like up to a mile under water. So they're super deep sea. Okay. So I've seen these on animal shows. Yeah. They're. They have the little light bulbs. They have the light bulbs on them. And they have these crazy crescent jaws with huge spiky teeth in it. And they're like one of the most terrifying looking. Yeah, they're very scary. Also, can we return to the fact that, did you say it's bacteria that makes the light bulb glow? Yeah, it's bacteria. One of the interesting things is originally scientists thought that the bacteria gathered from the seawater into that bulb. But now they think that they're born with these bacteria because they can't find the bacteria anywhere else in the ocean. And different species, there's like over 300 different species of these fish and different species have different bacteria that are bioluminescent for them. Mm, so you're saying maybe she was born with it? Maybe but it's maybe bacteria. it's Maybelline. <laughs> maybe it's just bacteria. That's how they got their name, angling. And, and because they live so deep underwater, there's very little light down there. And it's it's almost black. And they call mm. it the the depths of midnight. Oh. Yeah. And they live they can live up to a mile underwater. Oh. It's the great unknown. Yeah, it is actually. And because of how deep they live underwater, they are difficult to study, obviously. So there isn't a ton known about all aspects of their life cycle, but scientists are gathering more and more information. There's uh over 300 known species. And again, that's known species because it's so deep in the ocean that they they don't know how many there are exactly. You love the deep unknown. I do. I yeah. I think it's very interesting. Well, it's it's crazy that we know more about outer space than we do about. I was the... just gonna say next episode you're gonna be like I'm gonna tell you about black holes. <laughs> like, that's not an animal. 
<laughs> but it would be interesting to learn about them. It would be. And how they reproduce. Okay, sorry. Back to the angler fish. Angler fish. The fish fisher. They're found in all depths of the ocean, but the, primarily the ones that we're going to be talking about today are the deep sea angler fish. Um, and there's about 160 species that live in the midnight depths of the ocean, the mild deep waters. Deep. So deep, so deep. Wouldn't put that fish to sleep. <laughs> Is that a rap song? Yeah, it's a rap song. So they're not super big. They're between like 8 and 40 inches long. and can weigh up to 110 pounds, but primarily the majority of these fish are about the size of a coffee cup. Like eight inches long. 110 pounds is frightening Yeah, for a fish. Yeah, there's one species called the monkfish, and it's actually caught for food. And they, they're, supposed to, they're supposedly, they taste like a lobster tail. Mm, everything always tastes like lobster or chicken. I don't believe it. Or crab. I, I won't buy it. You're not buying monkfish? This baby don't bite. <laughs> the monkfish certainly do. Was that a dad joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. One of the interesting things about these anglerfish is their sexual dimorphism, mm. which means that the female they is, go both ways. is much bigger than the male. Oh, that's not at all what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's a totally different thing. So the, the female can actually be about 60 times bigger oh. than the male. I love couples like that. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a giant woman and just a little petite man. Little I also guy. love, oh, I also love really petite mothers with big fat babies. Oh, who yeah. like Like they hold the baby and it's like bigger than their whole torso. It looks like they're straining to do, take care of it. Yeah. So what makes the dimorphism helpful? That's a great question. So the male anglerfish are very like weak and small in stature and they have a very difficult time hunting. So what they do is... They pair up with a female. And this is where it gets really cool. So only about 1% of males actually make it to mate. They're in this deep ocean water, and it's very difficult to find a female or a mate. And the way they do find them is by pheromones that are released in the water. The male has very large sinus cavities. It's the largest sinus cavity per animal. And the reason they have that developed sinus is to sniff her sniff her out and they also have very developed eyes mm. and that way they can see her in the dark in the darkness yeah but don't they all have little lights on them yeah the males don't oh just the females yeah oh they're like nighttime spies peeping toms if you will pause i'm gonna remove bruce from the podcast sorry you're kicked out you're out he's but panting Anyway, so they have a really hard time finding a mate. So when they do find a mate, what they do, they don't want to. They don't want to lose her, you know. So they bite under her stomach, under her abdomen, <laughs> and they release a chemical that dissolves the tissue in both the female's like skin Ew. and his jaw, and so he like actually like suckers onto her. Yeah, and actually becomes part of her. That's fucking disgusting. And then he. Gets all of his nutrients from her blood and actually becomes almost like another organ to the fish. So it loses all of its its other organs, dissolve and go away, and it just becomes a little... Parasite. Parasite. Exactly. It's called parasitic uh, mating. It's like a mosquito rapes you. <laughs> Sorry. I don't get the no. analogy. <laughs> well, like a little thing 
attaches to you, bites on, sucks your blood, and then you're pregnant. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Oh. We'll have to do that. Maybe we'll do mosquitoes next week, maybe. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't get theirs. So it, it attaches to the female's body and basically becomes a sperm factory. So it's the only thing that develops at that point are its gonads. So his testes develop, but like all the rest of his organs basically go away. He just shrivels away. Yeah. Disintegrates. His, his eyes go away and like everything. He just like becomes part of the female. And actually originally when people would catch these, scientists thought that it was just a parasite, didn't realize they were only catching female anglerfish and they couldn't figure out why they never caught males until they realized that this like tiny little appendage that's sticking off of the female was actually a male that had morphed onto it. Does she try to like fight him off at all? No, no, she doesn't because like it's advantageous for her to have him there. That way she always has like a source of sperm for when she makes eggs. Some species will have up to eight males attached to them where other species will only allow one to attach. But I get it. I have cool. some girlfriends like that. Like men are always flocking to them. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Not me myself, but I've seen it happen. Yeah, I've definitely seen it. And again, to them, they're just kind of sperm donors. Once he's attached to her, they actually develop like a hormone connection. Like I said before, he almost becomes like another organ to her. Rhythm is a dancer. <laughs> we are one. When, she, when her eggs are fertilized, then his sperm are also like mature and ready to develop because like again he just becomes part of her body now they do external fertilization okay but like most fish yeah i guess i don't know what that means we've talked about other fish that they lay eggs and then the male comes over like with salmon spawn you know the male comes over top and then sprays his milt or like sperm over top of the eggs uh yeah sprinkler style like most mammals are internal fertilization where like the sperm and the egg meat inside of the female this is all done outside the female as as are most fish now the interesting thing here is she lays her eggs in a mat in this like gelatin mat and it's like one egg thick but it's like a long mat it could be some some of the species will get up to like 30 feet long some of the larger anglerfish species but most obviously are not that big and he fertilizes those eggs as the as she makes this mat of eggs or she basically uses him to fertilize these eggs. Mm-hmm. Now, because they're in these deep water places, there's very little like plankton and food. Oh, no. There's going to be some cannibalism here. Well, actually, no. She dies, sacrifices herself. No. Good guess. One more. Try again. Mm, I don't know. That's all I got. Okay. Well, you didn't hit a Yahtzee, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the answer. This mat of eggs actually floats. It slowly floats its way up to the surface where there's a lot of like where there's far more nutrients and food for the for the fry to eat. So then when they hatch out, they have like food sources in the shallow waters. And then as they mature, they swim back down to the depths. All as one like mat. They're all connected still. As they float to the top, they're all connected, but then they hatch. Okay. And so like scientists aren't 100 percent sure how long the egg gestation is. But most fish, it's between like three and seven days. Mm -hmm. So they think they. Three to seven days, they hatch, and then they're little fry living in the shallow waters, and they slowly, as they mature, they dive deeper and deeper into the water to where they end up in these, you know, mile down in the water where there's no light. That's like the only daylight they ever see. Yeah. Oh, that's really depressing. I know. You feel cooped up in here when it's just wintertime. Yeah, in a rainy day. (laughs) 
Like just as babies, they get one little glimpse of the world and then they, their world goes black. It's tough. It's tough life. I kind of like the fact that like the male doesn't really hunt and he just is like, I'm going to find a sugar mama to just attach to. Yeah. Just cling on. Let her, just let her feed me forever. That's the way to do it. Isn't that why, how this happened between you and I? I feel a lot like a male angler fish. Yeah. Sucking your nutrients. Cling on baby. <laughs> So even though the ocean is super deep and we don't think much about these depths where these anglerfish live. Besides you. Besides me. I, I like, I, yeah, I do. I'm, re- I'm really interested in it. But human effects are affecting these creatures. And no. I know mostly due to the acidification of the ocean and the way it affects their eggs. They still have healthy populations throughout most of the world and they're found in almost all deep places in the ocean. So that's good. Like I said, there's lots of different species of them. And, and because they're so deep, we just don't know a ton about them. So does their light help them eat fish? It does. We didn't really talk about that much. Yeah, so the bioluminescent esca that they have, they, like, they'll like move it back and forth or flash it. Wang dance. Well, it's not a wang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, like let it hang. Let it swang. Let it dangle. Let it dangle. It's their dangler. Yeah. The, da- it, yeah. the dangler fish. See what I did there? I like it, yeah. So it, it like flashes its bulb and it attracts small fish and crustaceans or basically anything that lives down there. The cool thing about them is that they don't there's not a lot of food down there. So when they do run across a food that's attracted to their bulb, they don't want to just pass it up. So even if it's like up to two times the size of the body of the anglerfish, it can still eat it. Whoa. Because it can like unhinge its jaw. That's because it has, yeah, that frightening mouth. Yeah, and it has a super elastic stomach. So it'll like, even if it's twice the size of them, they'll still eat this prey. It's like a snake of the deep sea. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A lot like a snake, how they unhinge their jaw. By the yeah, way, pretty neat. today I was told that they're not water snakes, they're water weenies. You know where, what I'm talking about? Where were you today? <laughs> Children's classroom. <laughs> Water weenies? Yeah, you remember when I t- told you about the um, water snakes? Oh, the, we were the, talking about the hyena penis. Oh, I the, think? T- <laughs> the tube with like water in it, little like things. Yeah, it's a water weenie. I've never heard that before. I'm sorry, I interrupted. I don't remember what I'll say now. But yeah, that's how they eat with that little bulb. Do they have penises? Not really. Like no fish really do. It's like. They are the penis, basically. Yeah, they like become just a penis. Do you think that she finds any pleasure in this? Probably not. Mm. You know, I don't... Sad. It's always about him. I don't know that he does either. He basically becomes like a little fleshy mass stuck to her. And he just like... That's fair. Like a mole. (laughs) He's basically like a big skin tag. (laughs) Just stuck to her body. But, you know, just like we've talked about, the goal is uh, reproduction here and... Babies. That's what they're doing. Any other questions? Uh, they can live like 10 to 15 years. But again, it's hard to study them, you know. Are there any, you probably don't know this, are there any in captivity? Like, can we catch them? People catch them. Like I said, they, they're bycatching nets sometimes. And Oh, really? Yeah, and scientists study them. Well, and, I understand they probably go down with like submarines and yeah, things. but yeah. There are some shallow water ones, too, that live in, like, shallower water. And there's some that don't even use the bioluminescence. Do you think there's any in the Willamette River? No. 
Okay, just checking. It's dirty. It's scary down there. Well, thank you for uh, listening to my speech on anglerfish. <laughs> thank you for everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. On the Animal Sex Birds. Oh, next, next Wednesday. <laughs> next, next Wednesday. <laughs>